tough one again, where New York, with 784 shootings uh, already this year, it's the first seven months of the year, we have eclipsed all uh, that has uh, transpired that took place in all of 2019. A derivative of what you're seeing in and around the country, including an incident, by the way, in Nassau County that we're going to discuss right now with the president, COBRA president, Correction Officers Benevolent Association, his name, of course, Brian Sullivan. Uh, always a welcomed addition on this program. Sir, great to have you. Great to have you. Good morning, you. Jay. I appreciate you having me on again, as usual. Always a pleasure. Another tough weekend with the numbers. You know, I stated the audience, not only New York City, Chicago, nine deaths, 23 uh, uh, homicides being investigated. It's just a rough deal, including an incident that I read about. I was like, my goodness. What happened in Nassau County, uh, Brian, as far as an inmate being escorted back to his cell, I could not believe uh, the uh, the incident, and we're going to go over that right now. That's, that, that just kind of explains what is going on in our country right now, you know? It's a it's it's definitely uh, a different world that we're living in, Jay. I mean, uh, it's, it's obvious you talked about all the statistics and everything else that are going on, and, and uh, it, I just don't think people understand the, the gravity of, of the world that we're living in now. I mean, uh, last Thursday, I got a phone call that, that, you know, I'm the union president here, and it's the phone call that you dread to get. And it's, uh, thank God, nobody, nobody was killed, one, not alluding to anything like that. But one of our officers was, was escorting a, a, a very unruly inmate back to his cell in a mental observation dorm. And uh, he was trailed by another officer because you know there was there was a problem with this guy. He was he was you know acting acting very belligerently. And when they get back to his cell, the inmate grabbed the first officer, dragged him into his cell, and started assaulting him. So the other officer, the second one, ran to his assistance. And in the struggle, uh, it, it appeared that he had his name tag ripped from his uniform, and the and the inmate took the little metal name tag and slashed the officer across the neck with it. Now. Thank God it was not. It was right by his juggler vein on his neck, and thank God it wasn't deep enough to cut him. And he was, you know, nothing happened from that. But he was he was inches inches away from a, a life threatening situation. the The problem that occurred with this uh, even further is the inmate that was involved is affiliated with the Bloods Street Gang, and three other inmates when they saw this thing happening in this open dorm, it's it's. There's 52 cells, and it, it, you know, in the in this area they call it a pod, and then they're you know it's open area outside, two levels where inmates can roam around. The 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 problem that happened here is three other inmates that were also gang members. Another one was a blood, and the others others were, were affiliated with the Crips. They joined in the assault, and it's I've I've never seen any any time where two different rival street gangs join in concert to assault. Uh, our correction officers, and you know we're we're living in a completely different world here. You, you don't you don't see uh, street gang members, things like that, going acting in concert against law enforcement officers, and that's exactly what we saw here. And it's it sets a very dangerous precedent. It's it's something that we've never seen in Nassau County, where you have an, an officer slashed by an inmate. This is something that happens, unfortunately, all too often in Rikers Island, and uh, we've we've kind of crossed the threshold here, and it's. You know, Nassau County, it's, it's adjacent to New York City. It's, you know, we get a lot of New York City inmates. But one thing I've, we've always been uh, very leery about is crossing that threshold of where the inmates are going to start using weapons, uh, whatever the weapon may be, against 
our staff. So, you know, that, that's a threshold they did not want to cross. Thank God, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't life-threatening injuries, but the photo was in the paper, the photo was in the news, and it's, uh, it's a very sobering thing to see one of your officers in uniform with a, with a slash across his neck. You know, here's what, here's what gets me. And I and I've been stating this, you know, where, where are the uh, the the individuals, the uh, uh, the Corey Johnsons of this world, City Council President, uh, you know, who had the forty-seven to three uh, vote, boasting uh, of the banning of chokeholds. Oh, behold, uh, look what happened the following weekend. Uh, Brian with a cop in a chokehold. Nobody said anything there, did they? Where was the governor? No. Where was the mayor? Where are people speaking out here? Uh, that's what I want to know. Uh, you know what? I, I I check out the comments of Police Commissioner Dermot Shea, which I'm surprised he's still on the job. I mean, the frustration. I can't even I can't even think about it. What he's going through. You know, I, I, it's I, just I, so much out there, and nobody nobody is making a comment at all regarding this stuff. It's unbelievable. You don't hear anything in favor of law enforcement whatsoever. I mean, at at our facility here, we've had a we've had a, a big decrease in in the inmate headcount population because of bail reform. Because of COVID, they were releasing people left and right. And one thing that we're dealing with here, and they're dealing with in, in corrections all over the state. Certainly, they're certainly dealing with in New York City. Is now where since the headcounts are down, and, and you can imagine the caliber of inmate that we have left in our facilities after, you know, they, they released all these people on bail reform that they claim had, had lesser crimes uh, that didn't need to be sitting in jail awaiting for trials, you know, the, the sex crimes and the major drug crimes and, and on, you know, people with uh, weapons and guns and drugs and, and uh, all kinds of robbery charges, burglary charges, but those those types of minor crimes, I say facetiously, but you can imagine after they released all of those out into the street, which is evidenced by the increasing crime numbers everywhere all over New York State, you can imagine the, the, the caliber of inmate that we have left in our facilities, the ones that they can't release. That's, that's this guy that, uh, that did this act the other day. He's a Blood Street gang member. He's in for murder, intentional murder. And and these are the ones that we have to deal with, but also the fact that we do have a lesser headcount in the jail, that there's a consolidation effort going on by our municipalities. The county is is trying to save money because of uh, of COVID and everything else, and they've lost revenue from sales tax and all this stuff. They're cramming all these guys into 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 dormitories and and smaller and smaller areas, and you're mixing. Bloods and Crips and MS-13s and and uh, and every other manner of you know Latin kings, all these different. We we have you know probably 175 gang members in our, in our facility in Nassau County of every different type of gang in the world, and they're and they're mixing them all together in these dorms and in general population dorms and in uh, mental observation housing dorms. And surprisingly enough, they're not getting along. There's in the last six weeks alone, we've had countless incidents of violence in our in our jails in our jail in particular with with inmate on inmate violence there's inmates are slashing each other with with you know fashioned weapons that you know contraband that they're able to get and uh and you know there's a lot of gang on gang violence there's a lot of inmate on inmate violence there's a lot of times where our officers had to had to separate these guys because we're duty bound to keep them from killing each other. And now we have an incident where the the inmate turned around and slashed one of our officers, 
others joined in and in, in, in concert to to assault our guys. I just don't know where this turns around because, as you said, nobody aside from us in in law enforcement is is and of course yourself is is speaking up about the the atrocities that are going on. How does how does Bill De Blasio or Governor Cuomo or or uh, you know, Laura Curran in Nassau County, how do these people not come out and actively speak out against what's so obviously and blatantly going on for, I don't know, fear of being labeled what? That you're, that you're, that you're in favor of law enforcement? That you're, uh, that you support law enforcement? How can you stand there with all these shootings and, and violence going on in the street? You know, if it wasn't for COVID, the, just imagine what was going on with the, what was going on with the tourism in New York State. Who the hell wants to come to New York State and walk around and, and you know look at Times Square or or any of our places? You know you, you want to you want to come to New York New York City New York State. You think that you're going to be enjoying a good time like it's like it was under the Giuliani administration where you could bring your families and walk around in Times Square and actually see family friendly stuff. The, the everything is suffering in New York. Businesses are suffering. Tourism is suffering. The average citizen is suffering. Nobody wants to walk out in the street. And I, you know, I talk to my wife all the time. Her and her, her and her, her friends, they like to go into the city once in a while. They're not going anywhere near New York City. They, they, I wouldn't dare let them get on a train. My wife wouldn't go to get on a train to go into New York City to do anything with this nonsense that's going on. And I don't know where it ends. I don't, I don't know where we go from here because we're, we're the enemy. Law enforcement is the enemy. The average citizen is the enemy. The average taxpayer is the enemy. And the and, you know, it's it's like the old movie Warriors. People are walking around, you know, just insanity. Gangs and, and the criminal mentality is running the streets. Yeah, and, well, listen, there's Brian Sullivan with us, Cobra president. Hey, I'm just right. You know, I, I heard something the it was it last week. I mean, it just kind of says it all. You, I mean, we all know what Chicago's going through, right? I mean, 117,000 gang members, 12,000 cops. All right. Do you, do you think maybe maybe the playing field is uneven? Uh, 55 different groups of gangs. Gangs have taken over the country. You know, with with all that has taken place with COVID and the pandemic and defunding, uh, gangs have taken it over. I mean, look what happened in Brian. Look what happened in New York City. They basically dismantled the plainclothes anti-crime unit. The 600 uh, that were bandied about to fight it. And guess what? That look what happened ever since then. It, it's stuff like this. Why you're seeing elevations in and around our city, and Guns it's a spillover as far as what happens in the in Nassau County. I mean, it's right. unbelievable. It's right that right in front of us, Brian. Oh, it, it's a spillover. Trust me. And I mean, it's a. Uh, I started working here back in 1988. When uh, when crack and AIDS were were big and huge and and we had a gigantic explosion in our in our population back then, we were probably able to hold in my facility you know somewhere around twelve to fourteen hundred at that point and we were holding twenty two hundred inmates and it was all related to drugs and 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 crime and weapons and guns and everything was completely out of hand. The world you know, progressed and it changed and, and we were able to get a to get a grip on things and we were able to, you know, our, our population leveled off around fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. And, you know, the, we were able to control it a lot better and there was a lot better law enforcement uh sentiment that was going on and it kept all this stuff at bay. The world has done a complete one eighty and and now I mean how do you get rid of the anti crime unit in New York City? Because what what because it's racist? 
that that's absurd to me. It's how do you? It's it has nothing to do with race or gender or or anything else. It's all about right and wrong. I mean, there there are a lot of of minority groups that are in New York City right now. They're begging for for the city to put the uh, the anti crime unit back in place. Eric Adams, the uh, the Brooklyn Borough President, was on there was on there complaining that they have to put the anti crime unit back in place because some of these the, the areas in his uh, in his district are suffering the most from from what, uh, gun violence. Gun violence and, and shootings and, and drug violence and and it's the it's it's the average citizen that is that's you know in the poorer neighborhoods and things like that they're the ones that suffer the most because they're preyed upon it's like it's like low hanging fruit they're just preyed upon by these gangs and threatened and, and intimidated by them and you know that no one's speaking for them it's not just the the law enforcement that we say we want more more uh, leeway to be able to control all this stuff. No one's speaking for the little guy on the street because it's all this nonsense uh, liberal policies that think that, you know, by doing this, you're going to be able to live in some utopia and everybody's going to act accordingly. And if there's no, you know, defund the police and take away restrictions and take away law and order and rules, that people are going to live harmoniously together. We're all going to walk around holding hands with flowers and our hands and smoking marijuana, and things are going to be great. That's not what happens. That's, that's not what happens. The, the the criminal element explodes like a mushroom and takes over when there's when there's no guidelines in place and when you're not kept on the uh, on the the proverbial tracks of of whatever righteousness, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Just look at what's going on in the streets of our cities every day. And, you know, to a certain extent, you know, it's a, a good extent in Nassau County. It's a microcosm of what goes on in New York State. I never in my in my life thought I would see that the caliber of inmates that are arrested in Nassau County released out onto the streets, back out on, you know, some of the highest taxes in the in the country you're paying here for, for police protection, for jails, for, for everything else. And what are what are people? You know, I'm surprised the people in in Nassau County aren't revolting right now because of the amount of taxes you're paying for these types of services, and you're not getting it. You, you know, there's 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 crime everywhere. There's there's gangs everywhere. You, you drive around Nassau County, you see gang tags, you know, graffiti on the walls, and and as evidenced by by you know, we've lost half the jail population in Nassau County in six months. Since January 1st, we've lost half the jail population. Where do you think these, these people are that, that belong in jail? They're out roaming around in the streets, preying on people. Brian, another reason I think of these, uh, you know, the uh, grand juries. They're not meeting in this lockdown. So you have, I think the number is 3,500 felony cases stalled, folks. And you know what that means? That means that these guys are walking the streets. That's what it is, because they're not holding them because of the bail reform that's going on. Right. They're letting them out in the streets. The bad guys right. are out in the streets right now because of what everything that is that has transpired here. And those and grand juries are not meeting there, Brian. That's it. The arraignment is – you're 100% spot on with the, with the grand juries. They're not meeting. They're not, they're not, you know, indicting criminals for these types of things. There's a lot of court cases that still aren't going on. Trials aren't going on. And you have the, 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 the few people that are arrested because there's, there's been a, a, a degree of hands off because you don't want, nobody wants to be accused of anything unless it's a tremendously heinous crime. The ones that are arrested and brought to arraignment court, 
98 percent of them are released at arraignment court so you could you could commit you know any manner of crime from soup to nuts and you're you're let go you know we we have our uh, our our uh, our court liaison group the transportation unit they go over to and they do arraignment courts every day and there are there are times when they when they come back from from Mineola, uh, you know, Nassau County arraignment court with nobody, and, and and I've never seen that in my in my 32 year career here that that you would come back from arraignment court with no inmates. How is that possible in a in a in a 1.2 million person municipality adjacent to New York City? You're going to tell me that there's nobody committing crime? That's absolute nonsense. Or maybe you're coming back with two, four, seven. You know, but there are days they come back with none. We're on a normal day. You would have arraignment courts. You'd be bringing back twenty people, twenty-five people on an on an, on an arraignment court run. And I mean, who are they fooling that they that they're trying to make it look like that crime is down? You know, the stati- you can make statistics do anything you want. You could look anywhere on the news and the ones that are. Just imagine what they're not reporting. Because of all the, uh, the the media bias that goes on, you see all these these shootings and dozens and hundreds of people being shot all the time, and and they try to make this illusion, you know, the De Blasios and the Corey Johnsons, like you said, of the world, and it trickles down to all of us in our municipalities. This illusion that that crime is down, crime is down, and there's nothing really going on. Just walk around the streets and tell me how safe you feel. It's it's nonsense, and I'm hoping that there's going to be some sort of a revolution coming soon from the law-abiding people to say enough. Enough is enough. We've had enough with this. You know, it's it's not a racial issue. It's not a gender issue. It's not a, it's not a sociological issue. It's a right and wrong issue, and people need to wake up because there's a lot of people being hurt today. Well, uh, like I said all along, Brian Sullivan with us, COVID president, Correction Officers Benevolent Association. Uh, the, the, the number to really think about today as one goes about their Monday here on this third day of August is 784, the number of shootings that have taken place in our big city. Uh, That's the number, by the way. We have eclipsed all of 2019. That says it all. You know, I mean, that says it all. Listen, it it comes down to this. There's so much here. This this shift, this national rise in anti-cop sentiment. I mean, it has been cultivated by the progressives like de Blasio, like... What's happening in Portland and Seattle, the likes of a Jenny Durkin, uh, whose summer of love, I guess, didn't work out, did it, Brian Sullivan, as far as the chop house was concerned, or the Ted Wheelers of Portland, Oregon. That didn't work out either as far as trying to protect a courthouse of federal proportions, and uh, certainly not working out regarding Lori Lightfoot, who is uh, looking more like a lightweight as far as handling the Windy City these days. I mean, what more proof do we need here as far as the uh, the changes uh, that have to be made here? I'll tell you, and I've said this a million times, this would never have happened under the watch of a Giuliani slash Carrick slash Ray Kelly. It would never have happened, folks. Never in a million years. I'm telling you, I w- I'll bet the house on it. It never will would have happened. We, never we would have happened. Several, we talk about it several different times. I was at a, a big rally, a big pro-law enforcement back-to-blue rally in uh, Eisenhower Park a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago. And we talk about it all the time about how the, the old saying, the silent majority has to stand up. 
And I, I would really like to know where the silent majority is. I mean, a, a lot of things that are being done here are obviously politicized, everything else. The, the left is, is trying their best. That they try to make it seem like it's, it's, it's all about the, the presidential election coming up, and maybe things will change after the presidential election. You hear all this nonsense back and forth. But sooner or later, it, people have to realize that this is not just politics. This is not just the, the left trying to get Trump out or, or, the Trump, or Trump trying to make the, uh, the progressives look bad. Every single day, there are people suffering and being, and being uh, victimized and being you know, criminalized. Where the hell are the normal people from both sides, the, the, the average normal moderate Republicans, moderate Democrats, and not the not the far left and the far right of that are just standing and they're throwing rocks at each other. Where is the silent majority to stand up and say, we've had enough of this nonsense. You go stand in your left corner. You go stand in your right corner. We need law and order, and we need to get back to normalcy in our country and get rid of all this nonsense. We need law and order. We need We need the police to be able to do their jobs. We need people to be held accountable for doing those jobs, obviously. But we cannot have these criminal numbers and and this brazen criminal attitude protected, not not even just just allowed to happen by our by our elected leaders, but protected by our our, our elected leaders to allow this type of lawlessness to go on. There's there's areas of our city and of our of our country, it's it's worse than the Wild West, and it's being allowed to perpetuate and go on. And there's good people being hurt every day and good people being victimized every day, and it has to stop. The average citizen, the, the silent majority that we always talk about of all races, not, not just any, anybody in particular, all races know that this is a right and wrong issue and it's got to stop. Listen, the only way is to get these progressive liberals the hell out of office. I mean, the, the, listen, the, the more that we put in the AOCs, the, the more that we put in the Bernie Sanders types, it's only going to get worse. I mean, uh, that's it in a nutshell. That, that, that's it. We are, we are not holding these people accountable for their actions, okay? It's about time. We, ha- we have to use our heads coming up here in November. We have to. Right. I mean, that's the bottom line because that's the only way you fix this. You know, listen, de Blasio, he's got another year, okay? Nothing you could do about it, although he should have been extracted as I told Governor Cuomo a couple of months ago, you know, when is the mayor held accountable for his actions? At what point do we cite de Blasio for being a main cog in what is happening to our big city right now? Okay, and Perpetuating the crimes, right, and protecting. No question. So when we go to the polls, we have to use our heads, okay? It's not an automatic anymore where people retain. It's about being held accountable. We never do that. What will be the turning point, my hope, is what we are seeing on our streets right now. Because it can't go on. It can't go on. We we have the purge, the movie, the real-life purge happening on our streets right now. And unless we fix it, with the voting, it's never going to never going to turn around, never. And our and our, you can't you certainly cannot have a forty percent voter turnout. You know, as numbers like that, thirty to forty percent of voter turnout, because it, that just shows you that people have tuned out for so long, they don't want to be a part of the process. 
and, and I tell my guys that I represent all the time, you cannot stand there and, and bitch and complain to me about how things are if you don't get out and participate in the process. We're, you know, we're going to be exposing a lot of people that have, that have perpetuated this criminality. A lot of politicians I'm going to be going, I'm going to be going after in November and in the fall, but you, you can't stand there and complain about how things are if you don't get yourself, your family, your husbands, your wives, your kids, your parents out and vote. You got to vote this lunacy out of office and put, put rational people into these, into these positions that are, are there to protect you. The, the government's first and foremost priority is to protect its citizens, not to, not to promote criminality and, and lawlessness. And that cannot be allowed to stand. Here's a question that every individual who is seeking office will get from me on this program. And the question is, are you in favor of defunding police? Bottom line, yes or no? There's no in-betwixt, in-between here, folks. Are you in favor of slicing dollars from the police department to put it in other areas? I want to know. And I want to know the reasoning. One billion dollars was taken off from Corey Johnson and his crew at the city council. A billion right off the top. Look what's happened. Plain clothes, anti-crime, off the streets. Okay? They still off the streets. They still have funding. They still haven't justified where the other eight hundred million went that the mayor's wife was in charge of. They no, that's never been accounted for, but we're gonna take another billion from the police. It's it's absurdity. Health uh, program that what a disgrace that was! Oh my goodness, nobody says anything on that though. Nobody no. says anything you, on that. You have these, you have these liberal administrations when they when they, they start doing money shifting. That's when you and it, you see you've been seeing it for decades that the money doesn't get shifted. Money just starts disappearing. Money into, disappears into the ether while everybody suffers. Are you in favor of defunding the police? I want to know. That's the key question right now. Top of the charts. Anybody seeking office? Okay, and by the way, you know, all of these individuals are mighty big with a pen, right? They'll sign legislation, executive orders, and everything else, but when it comes time to answering questions uh, to the press and being invited on this program, they're nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. You have no right to ask them questions. You have no right Johnson. to them for accountability of what they're doing, and they don't want to be accountable for it. Corey Johnson, where are you? Carl Heisty, where are you? Place. Andrea Stewart-Cousins, where are you? Nowhere to be found. Nowhere no. to be found. And no. that's what makes this thing, you know, it just sickens me. really does. It Brian? The biggest ones that are out there talking, they're the ones that have, that have big security details that keep them protected. Yeah. Brian, you got a tough job. I'll tell you, a tough job. But uh, nobody does it better than you. And we'll see what happens. Boy, I'll tell you. Yeah. You always have a platform on this program. You know that. And I thank you for a couple of minutes. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Have a good day.